Welcome to the ICO Alert Roundtable. I'm Q. I'm Ev, and we're your hosts. The Roundtable is a casual discussion about current events and coins that we're passionate about. Before we get started, it's important that we disclose this is not financial, legal, professional, or tax advice. We're simply stating our own opinions, and those opinions do not represent the views of ICO Alert, the company. We'd also like to disclose that members of the podcast who are speaking own the following cryptocurrencies or tokens. Bitcoin, EOS, Cardano, Ethereum, Quantum, NEO, and NEM. Without further ado, let's get into the ICO Alert Roundtable. Why don't we uh, all introduce ourselves around the table? I will start off. I am Evan Schindler. I am a customer relationship manager here at ICOalert.com. I'm Peter Kay. I'm the director of globalization and do a lot of blog content for ICO Alert. I'm Dmitry Chesnikov, client relationship manager. Добро пожаловать всем русскоговорящим на подкаст. I cannot follow that. Uh, Zach Kezada, business development. So what are we talking about here today on this roundtable, Zach? Yeah, so let's uh, let's take a deep dive. We'll have Pete start, maybe talk about consensus a little bit. I know you and Dimitri both uh, went to consensus last week. So uh, if you want to take a dive there and see where we go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I'll address our English-speaking listeners, and Dima can translate into Russian. We headed off to consensus with a couple of other team members last week in New York Blockchain Week. Huge conference at a very small venue. It was a hotel with 8,500 people in it, crammed in the hallways. Uh, there were a number of notable absences, like Vitalik, a lot of Ethereum people, the Hoskinson, Cardano, Neo. Those groups weren't there. Some of them like boycotted consensus. I don't know if you guys heard about that. but uh, I did hear about Vitalik. Yeah, yeah they, they boycotted it because they don't like Coindesk. I mean, it's more complicated than that. Uh, but anyway, it was a it was a huge event. There were lots of after parties, which Tima can tell you about, I'm sure. Yeah, we can definitely <laughs> touch on those. Uh, but how about that uh, registration line in the beginning? That was brutal. Jeez, I swear uh, they were running that thing on Ethereum because <laughs> it was hours. Um, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> you know, Mike Novogratz was on Laura Shin's podcast the other day. He said he snuck up a back stairway to bypass the really? line <laughs> yeah. wow. because he couldn't wait that long. Yeah. yeah, so the registration was pretty brutal. Uh, it took about an hour and a half for us to really get inside and and start like meeting up with everybody. Uh, as you can imagine, the the schedule overall was pretty packed with meetings, and it it was a scramble. Um, everybody was meeting uh, everyone, and there was no room to kind of to chill and relax because there were so many people at once and everybody is, is trying to grab you to... How long you did you guys pitch. say you waited in line? Uh, an hour and a half. An hour and a half to it's register. It's not that bad. Yeah. And did, what was the... Did anybody put out the attendance totals yet? Does anybody know ballpark figures? Because I, I know tickets. Is what so if, if it was 8500 and tickets were $2,000, how much money did they make off of that? Quick. Well, you could hey. buy tickets on site for three grand too, so... Yeah. What was the cost? Two, two grand. Come on, guys, you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like seventeen mil. Oh, wow! And, and overall, it wasn't really. I didn't see a lot of great like publicity or press from from consensus, and there wasn't like a huge pump, the huge annual pump that people talk about every year. So here's something too interesting to think about, um, like to talk about the panel and the speakers that they had there. Uh, I feel like I've 
I didn't have much time to attend that and, and listen to it, but I got a gist of it from just kind of popping in and out. Uh, and it was very structured in terms of uh, what they can say because it's consensus and it's recorded and they don't want to say something bad that will backfire uh, compared to like smaller venues where they can be more open essentially. So they also said nothing good is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I would love to reference that uh, this consensus this year with the one that happened last year and see how they changed because I guarantee that the, the content and what they were saying, just like Dima's talking about right now, 100% changed. Was just, it, were either of you guys that were at consensus this year happened to be there in years past to compare it? No, but we were at Token Fest, and mm. we can definitely compare that. Um, well, I can compare with what I know of Consensus last year. There was a lot more uh, money seeking this year, mm. and there was Lambos a lot parked more. Out front. Well, the Lambos are actually a publicity stunt. <laughs> yeah, it was really... I think it was Bizan, but I'm not sure. Don't don't call me. We they can we, check on that. The Lambos were there for like only like two, three hours. They yeah, came outside. Remember, and I was like, let guys? me take a picture. <laughs> do you remember and they were guys? gone. Do you remember those guys with like the banners hanging out free lunch lunch tokens yeah. outside? Mm -hmm. They they hit. They were relatively unknown, and I guess maybe because of that, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. They hit their cap like really fast oh, really? that day. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And there there was other people hanging around outside too. I got to talk with a rainbow hoodied protester who was sleeping outside some of the time. <laughs> um, did a little bit of video of him. He's protesting Nem. He believes that Nem owes him 4.5 million tokens. He, of course, loves that I'm mentioning this on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, from all the evidence I've seen, he's he just missed, missed his opportunity, it. you know? Uh, so what was the... Can you tell the story and what was his... Yeah, side? if you want to see the video, you can go to my Twitter oh at Bitkenstein. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, he was... He basically missed the deadline, you know. He's he like missed the he had done what was required to get a lot of NEM early on okay. in the project, participated, and then lost track of the project. You know, he doesn't have time. He mm. says to check the Bitcoin talk all the time and stuff. And we're talking like two years after the deadline, or a year after the deadline, um, when it had expired a long time ago, and NEM hit like a dollar. He was like, actually, you guys owe me and my son 4.5 million NEM. So he's at events a lot. Sometimes you'll talk to him. He's really calm. And sometimes he's really angry. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there's details I don't know. But it seems to me to be pretty clear cut. Yeah. That, that reminds me of what's happening with the EOS uh, registration right now. So it's essentially, basically, he, if I had to kind of you know, compared to what's happening with the EOS registration, it would be essentially that I have my EOS and I don't register it. And then a year later, uh, I'm complaining to EOS saying, yeah. you guys owe me such and such amount of money. That's what's right. happening. Okay. Absolutely. What are you guys thoughts overall on consensus moving forward for cryptocurrency and the cryptocurrency culture? Because a lot of cryptocurrencies are trying to become this mainstream thing. So you think that if attendance is doubling or tripling from the year prior it's a good thing but were some of the interactions you had were they shallow interactions where people are just there to just try and raise funds and it's a bubble or it's a there's not a lot of substance there there's not a lot of really thought leaders or was it actually people are coming in the core is growing there's actual good innovation there what was the what was your feeling overall and what do you think moving forward how does how does consensus 
uh, continue to progress? And how does crypto overall, how is it affected by this type of thing? Uh, I'll take this one, if you don't mind. So, uh, he minds. Wait, oh, okay. Well, I'll still take it. <laughs> so, um, I'll translate for you. Couple, yeah, a um, couple trends that I've noticed uh, as the space has moved forward and uh, compare like Token Fest and, and Consensus is that uh, more and more uh, projects that I see now, they're doing security auditing for smart contracts. They're providing tools for ICOs to be able to kind of uh, give more security to the people that are looking to invest in the project. So that was a big thing. Uh, I've come across a lot of those projects where they're, they're looking to do that as well as um, uh, ICOs that already finished ICO and they're, they were present there to uh, keep their community active. So a lot of things that I've, I've spoken to many ICOs and they said that um, during the ICO itself, uh, the community is very active and, and the, people, the team behind the ICO is very active in communicating what's going on uh, and the plans and so on. But post-ICO, uh, essentially that, that community drops off and, uh, and the team doesn't necessarily communicate all the announcements and the progress and so on. So there was a huge presence for that uh, to, to kind of communicate, hey, we're out here and we're doing all these these projects that we promised, and and here's how we're delivering them, uh, and so on. So and and a lot of the market agencies that I, I, I've spoken to, they say that actually uh, there's a big problem in the ICO community where the post ICO uh, like Telegram communities or or the communities that they've developed during the ICO they've actually dropped off dramatically because they don't know how to facilitate that. So that was, that was one of the biggest things that like was really a big takeaway. So it's almost it's almost kind of a challenge for the ICOs to to hold on to the the, the people who have or the users that have invested in their project cuz yeah. once it goes live on exchanges they're looking to maybe, you know, dump them yeah. right when it hits exchanges or right when it goes 2x they're looking to get uh money back from their investments so, absolutely okay and 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 you think about it right you know you have a team uh uh of that you know let's say ico project they hold a certain percentage of it right and they most of them legit ones have a lockup period right yeah so then you, the ico hits the exchange and suddenly they're you know it's dumping <laughs> while the team is like well wait hold on wait a minute you yeah, know why yeah, is yeah. this going on we're locked up we can't you right. know dump it with everybody else mm -hmm. you know and and overall they believe in the project so i think there needs to be more communication. There needs to be more uh, stuff that's done to be more transparent post-ICO. They need to be marketing the, the project and the roadmap instead of just the token sale, basically. Yeah. And this actually brings up something interesting that's not related to consensus, but something that I did, I think, last week. And I don't know if Peter was there. I know for sure Ryan was there. I was I was browsing on ICOalert.com, the only comprehensive search engine for pre-ICOs and ICOs. And I wanted to see... What were some of the first projects we ever had on our list? And I scrolled all the way down. I mean, that infinity <laughs> scroll goes on forever. And I scrolled to the very bottom of the page to check out the first two or three projects that we ever had listed by date. Because I wanted to see, are they still hanging out? You know, what's yeah, going on? Did they exit scam? What the hell is going on? Hmm. And to my surprise, actually, I think I checked out three of them. And of the three that we checked out, two of them were up to date on Twitter 
they had products going on. Maybe they were still in beta phase, but they had users. They had some interaction with the mm -hmm. public still. And it was actually kind of a pleasant surprise on my part to see that maybe they raised funds in February of 2017, but they were still active. They were still building their products and trying to sort of uh, cultivate their community. That's a great point. Well, yeah, I think there was a there's probably a little bit less of the dollar signs in the eyes effect back in February of 2017, right? The people that were in crypto, mm. more of them were really about crypto taking over the world and blockchain changing the world. You know, they'd lived through the doldrums that just proceeded. They didn't, you know, they weren't yet millionaires. Um, and whereas nowadays, I'm not saying all ICOs are like this, but there are definitely ICOs out there that are like, wait, we could raise $150 million. Yeah. Yeah. With very little effort. Absolutely. And so uh, maybe the quality overall was a little bit better back then, actually. Uh, but speaking of quality getting better again, I guess, one of my takeaways from Consensus was there are a lot of people there from the traditional finance world that are trying to get into crypto. Mm -hmm. And that that's encouraging because it means that they're taking it seriously. It's also kind of annoying because it's like they're trying to, you know, it's they missed the boat and they're trying yeah. to grab it by the, the, the rudder or whatever and, and just let it pull them along. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that's happening, like you mentioned, is securities tokens kind of becoming our oh, yeah. reg D offerings, accredited investors only. And I talked with this group. They are not sponsoring this podcast in any way. Uh, Republic Crypto. And uh, they are... They've already facilitated this a few times, and they're working to do it more. They allow a ICO that is doing a Reg D offering for accredited investors only to also do a smaller offering that's open to non-accredited investors. Oh, yeah. A Reg CF, or eventually maybe they're hoping to get a Reg A+, plus, which is very rare. Um, so the, the company on a Reg CF can only raise something like a million seventy thousand max mm -hmm. in that, but it lets the, the little people... Get involved. Yeah, I know we, we've talked about STOs uh, for a little while now and, and the come up that's happening with those security tokens uh, or the security token offerings. And I think most of it's been positive. I think we see it as kind of cash flow uh, coming into crypto. But some of it is, again, it goes completely away from what ICOs were essentially made to do, which is right. kind of give investment uh, opportunities to the non-accredited investors. So it's, it's a double-edged sword a little bit. Uh, I saw something on Twitter that said maybe one day, at least for STOs, they might change the rules for what an accredited investor might be. Like maybe bring it down from whatever the rule is. What is it? 300K? Is it, uh, is it 200K a year for two years yeah. or a million dollars in assets not including your house? Exactly. So residence. Yeah. One of, the, one of the tweets I saw was that maybe they'd change the rules for security token offerings. I think it's a little pie in the sky. I think uh, what's happening now is traditional finance is seeing that they missed out and they're you know looking to do what they do which is completely take over that makes sense and also you, got, you have to keep in mind that when you open up crowdfunding for very ambitious tech tech projects that are looking to revolutionize be the first blockchain technology uh, you know to do whatever they want to do they're all the first uh, at it, doing it, something yeah it comes with its own risks and that's something that we can't just restricted to accredited investors but we can't also you know somehow facilitate this and and you know uh, make sure that people understand the risk that not like not all of them will be uh successful in, in making the revolution you know 
what they intend to do. So, so for you guys who are at Consensus, uh, were there any ICOs there that caught your eye? Any any MVPs or anything that you saw that was tangible and maybe some of our listeners would be excited to hear more about? Uh, NEM had a big presence there. I just wrote about NEM, so maybe I'm like a little bit of, you know, ride the wave down bias, I guess. And uh, NEM had a big presence there in New Economy Movement, and they had like maybe 10 other companies there that are running projects on their their platform. They haven't really seen that many ICOs yet. I mean, Loyal Token was recent, and there are a couple others, uh, but they have a lot more coming, and it's uh, an ecosystem that's already up. And I think that's kind of exciting. People like to see... ICOs that are coming out on NEO or EOS or something or Stellar um, as, as just something something new and as an ICO that's not going to have to struggle with Ethereum's scalability problems for the short term. Uh, and we're going to probably be seeing some more NEM ICOs coming out so for pretty those, soon. For those that aren't uh, familiar with your Ethereum competitor blog, uh, yeah. I would definitely go check out Pete's uh, blog series on that. Uh, can you break down NEM though? Because I I know there's some people that have no idea what NEM is. Just a spark yeah. milk, spark, <laughs> and me spark and Ev, me Ev and Dimitri might yeah. be those some of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, NEM's a platform for smart contracts and decentralized apps, just like Ethereum. Even though there's differences, it's trying to fit the same general uh, idea that Ethereum and EOS, uh, eventually Cardano, you know, and Neo are trying to fit. Uh, but with NEM, you build your decentralized application with templates. So it's kind of like, rather than having to, you know, take some plastic and and build a, a statue, you get Lego blocks and, and you can just, you build it up and it's, it's kind of standardized, which actually means it's safer. Uh, you're not, if there are these audited templates that do certain functions for you, you're not sitting there right in your own code to gotcha. interact with the blockchain. And then, you know, the parity wallet, you know, freezes or... You know, the DAO has a vulnerability that gets hacked or something like that. Uh, on the flip side, that means that sometimes there might be some things you want to do that you can't, but their templates are growing. Uh, they say that you could do 95% of the things that Ethereum apps want to do on them now. Uh, it's got thousands of transactions a second. Um, it doesn't run on proof of work like Bitcoin, Ethereum. Mm. And it's a little controversial, but it allows it to, within under 30 seconds, you've got confidence, you know, confirmation of your transactions. Hmm. So one of the features in NEM that I'm excited about is multi-level multi-sig transactions. And you can figure out why I got that mixed up. Multi-level multi-sig. Basically, it lets you control your wallet with like one control source or two other control sources. And that doesn't make sense until I explain it. You can move your NEM with your hardware wallet without anything else approving, for example, because you think that's secure, it's at home or whatever, mm -hmm. it's in a safe. Or you can move it with your web wallet, but that also requires your two-factor or an anti-fraud, a fraud detection API or something to sign off on it. So you can use your web wallet, but that requires like a fraud API to approve or your two-factor code. But if you use your hardware wallet, it has like sole authority. You know what I'm saying? So, so you folks at home can't see this, but Pete just got so excited with his animations uh, when he's talking about NEM. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've seen me talk about EOS and stuff yeah. too. And, and I just love smart contract platforms. So, so my follow up question would be out of the, so who have you done Ethereum competitor series for? Um, it's going by market cap, but I started with rootstock because okay. that's kind of Bitcoin. 
And then I've done uh, EOS, Cardano, Neo, and this is NEM. Next up is Qtum. So what is the closest competitor to Ethereum right now? Oof. Um, in terms of what? Like EOS is launching in- June 1st. Yeah. And it oh, has a number of... <laughs> It has, I mean, well, it's, it's probably launching. June yeah, first, yeah, that's right? true. That's true. I could totally see them moving that back 100%. No, what I mean is them is the community. So, they, yes, they could decide otherwise, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that probably has the most immediate chance against Ethereum. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, you have to think about this, that um, whatever the uh, plan is to implement this technology, right, it's not always how it's going to work out mm-hmm. when, once it's implemented. So... You know, it can. It's one of those things where it's like sounds great on paper, but in practice, it has some vulnerabilities or some issues. Um, so it's kind of hard to, you know, say which one's going to be the leader. Of course, without you know having that, uh, you know, already start playing out and and uh, be already available to build applications and and so on. Well, so. that's like Bitcoin. You read the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper, Bitcoin. It sounds pretty decentralized, but in practice, and I think Dan Laramarios actually kind of foresaw this on some old forum posts where he's talking with Satoshi about it. In practice, we ended up with these three mining pools that yeah. dominate the network. Mm-hmm. It's centralized. You know, that's a pretty much unforeseen, you know, right. consequence. And, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, so we'll, It's definitely still a gamble to invest in any of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely see it. One thing that I want to also mention about just kind of going back to consensus and the trends is that what I've noticed is that all, there are a lot of platforms out there that are coming out now where you can do what's called mirror trading. Basically, you're a retail investor um, in crypto and let's say you don't have enough time to do technical analysis, find out more about the project. Well, guess what? Now, what you can do is follow these traders that are supposedly leaders in the mm. industry. And they're based on whatever the project is. They're ranked um, in the ecosystem itself. Uh, and you can choose to follow that trader and replicate the trades on your side. So it makes it easy. So, um, can so rep- where can I follow you? So, yeah, <laughs> right now my rating is too low to be followed. Oh, wow. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, and also those projects, those platforms are not yet, like, live. Um, but once they're alive and I'm listed, I'll definitely send you a link so you can follow me. Ian Bolina. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that coming from Forex, um, uh, Forex markets, we had this. So we went through this phase of having a platform that allows you to mirror trades from other traders. And it's funny because I talked to, uh, I don't remember the exact names of the the ICOs, but I've talked to multiple uh, ICOs that had that platform uh, and they're trying to develop it. And they all come from Forex. And it's so interesting. I'm like, hey, you know, I know what you guys are doing. And the thing is, it's, it's important to understand that Forex is actually a, the most liquid market out there, right? So when you have a trader that's doing, let's say he just did a trade and it automatically is replicated on your end, no problem. It's the most liquid, you know, type of um, platform. I mean, uh, type of market. So, but when you're doing this in crypto, you know, the trader that you're following might be executing a trade on 
uh, on an exchange where he saw an opportunity, but the exchange that you are on, there's no opportunity. So there, there are certain things that we'll see how how those platforms will 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 perform. You know when when they when they come out. So, <clears throat> yeah. So moving on to consensus, I know Ev wanted to talk about uh, a little bit about the uh, website and. <laughs> coin that the sec decided they wanted to uh run an ico uh with so yeah go ahead ev well so the sec um if you've not heard of them the securities exchange commission they know how you should spend your money better than you do apparently um and they in uh, a great attempt uh, not even an attempt, in, an, in a success <laughs> to warn investors about the risks of ICOs, created their own ICO, and it's called Howie Coin. I believe it's H-O-W-E-Y. Looking this up. Um, and you can go check it out online right now. It's a project that is only for the lavish and the soon-to-be-rich off of crypto. Uh, I guess their whole idea behind the project was to mimic greed uh the point of the entire thing is greed the thing is it's they didn't even do a good job of making it look like a good ico we do a lot of internal vetting here of projects at ico alert and if i saw this project i would have not let it i would have not had it been listed on our site because it's such a shit coin well i thought that that was the whole point that they were trying to recreate a shitty ico was that not the point of Howie Coin? This is know. see, this is where I don't get it because the government has made a lot of websites before and they've done a really bad job with them before. And I can't tell if they're actually trying to make it look shitty or if that was their best attempt at making it look legit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's oh, wow. So if it was their best attempt at making it look legit, they did a pretty trash job because the the team has no backlinks to their sites. Yep. They're all models cool. and there isn't even i don't think there's a white paper hey man there's a picture of an infinity pool on the front page so that's got to be legit that's it has to be they're in some type of tropical island now the funny thing is watch someone make a parody coin called howie coin and people actually flip it and make money off of it watch that happen Pied piper coin yeah, Pied Pied piper, piper yeah. coin did the oh, same yeah, thing so another uh report that we did we like to have a little fun around here at ico alert is we did a report on hbo's uh silicon valley they had uh, an ICO for their one of their episodes this year, uh, Pied Piper. So uh, Pete and I took it upon ourselves to actually write a review on it. Lo and behold, about a week later, there's a Twitter AV out there with uh, what's the what's the CEO's name of 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 Pied Piper, Richard Hendricks. Yeah, yeah, Richard Hendricks AV's out there on Twitter, and uh, they they made a a parody coin, and it actually, I mean, who knows? They just keep posting prices. That's but. true. Apparently, it's doing pretty well. So well, The funniest thing about our report that we posted, because it was 100% a parody report, but if you go onto Twitter, onto the post that we made, we said, hey, this is a Pied Piper report we we uh, just posted, and there are people on there like, hey, d- doesn't this, uh, like, a- ABC, yeah, doesn't this coin already do this? Or like, oh my God, it was just a parody. You guys obviously aren't up to date on... Uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Did you guys get a chance to watch that? I watched parts of it, yeah. Yeah, I thought they did a good job. I thought they did a really good job. People could have botched. Uh, shows could have easily botched that, and they really? did actually a really good job. Why, well, yeah, do you differ here? I mean, yeah, they 
I think Gilfoyle's explanation of cryptocurrency, I appreciated it. And you can go and download his little PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like they like neglected the fact that when an ICO raises money, it gets a lot of ether. Like that's how it raises money. Mm. Um, and you know, at the end of their ICO, they were broke because their token price was low. And you know, uh, that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the fifty-one percent attack episode. Spoilers. Spoiler warning. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Um, oh. Also got the like it got the attack completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Like how it. You can execute a fifty-one percent attack with like thirty-three percent of. You know, it's a misnomer. Interesting. Um, but you know, hey. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it was cool that they even. I mean, the the episode actually was called Initial Coin Offering, so I know everybody in the office was uh, real excited about that. As far as Howie Coin goes, I don't know. From a marketing perspective, the SEC did a good job because they've got us all talking about it yeah, on the podcast. That, but so true. I, was there is there a single person out there who looked at Howie Coin and went, "Wow, this is a great investment. This is awesome." And then when they went to go contribute, the SEC warning came up and said, "This is just a scam." Did that? Did the Howie coin actually teach anyone a lesson? I, you know what? That's what I don't get. What yeah. they're wasting their resources doing this kind of thing, and it just—I hate the smugness of them to think that people are so stupid that they're going to look at a website like that and not immediately throw up the red flags. So I think that's why it really turned me off seeing that. It's like, okay, SEC, you know how I should spend my money better mm-hmm. than I do. Where it's just—it's not something that. People, no one out there was fooled by this website. So yeah. I don't know. I, that's the reason why I, I didn't really like it. I, I think the problem is that uh, they don't really know what how to make people aware that there are these problems and scams out there, right? So they 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 came out. You know, a lot of officials came out saying that there are a lot of scams. Very risky. You should not be doing this. All these public statements that they did, um, and. You know, essentially, it continued to happen, and those statements didn't make much of an impact. So they're testing waters, and they're trying to, you know, try different methods. I don't necessarily agree with that either, but, you know, from their standpoint, what is the right method to kind of, you know, they can't, they don't have a regulation in place, so they can do so much to kind of just warn about the risks of it and that's kind of again coming back to what i said is that when you open up uh crowd sale towards these projects ambitious projects some of them some of the players take advantage of that and they do total scams some of them uh, actually just fail because it was just a bad business idea but people don't really think of that when they're let's say invested uh, investing in it because you know they they see, you know, they see the, the like what the project is supposed to do. It's great. It's gonna do it, and it's just like startups, you know. They see so, the flashy infinity pool and the exactly. glasses of champagne. Yes, you know, you, they see that guy on the beach with the laptop. He's a crypto trader, you know. They see a boat and a yacht, you know, like great, you know. That's what they see. Yeah. <laughs> great. Pete just took the mic and said, "Yeah." Pete and I are sharing the mic, so if it seems like there's some pauses between us talking, it's because we have to flip the mic back and forth. So one of the most interesting debates that I think right now, and this just goes along with with what we were talking about, it's not just out of the blue. So one of the most interesting things, at least I think, uh, will come up in the next uh, probably six months to a year, is are these ICOs going to get more scammy because more and more people are coming into the market and want to take advantage of you know uh the 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 crowdfunding or are they going to get less scammy because 
more regulations coming, more eyes are coming, SEC is watching, and I've heard both both sides. So I, I wonder what you guys think. Are ICOs going to get more and more quality? Because from our vet, internal vetting, I don't see that happening. I'd almost say the answer is yes, like both ways, like that there will be more and more scammy ICOs, but then the bar will also be you know, going up higher for ICOs that want to do really well. So you'll see ICOs becoming higher quality ICOs, but then also more scammy ICOs. You so know you're what I'm saying? saying that the bar for scammy ICO will go higher, like meaning that the the scams will well maybe better and better at scamming. <laughs> well, well, I mean, one of the one of the things that consensus that you can notice is that there is a lot of innovation going on. I know there are a lot of projects that eh, I mean, meh. but there are a lot of there's a lot of innovation going on. The tech cycle needs to catch up to the hype cycle, which mm. is one of the reasons we're probably having this price movement we're having right now. Uh, it just crypto's just dumped pretty pretty good today. Like yeah. we didn't get the consensus pump, Move but on. we got the consensus dump. Yeah, yeah. Um, the price is dump it. But there's, I mean, the, the tech is going on. Really, really significant people are getting pulled in. Yeah. You saw Amber Baldet. This is old news, but she left and and uh, her place at J.P. Morgan and is now working in a blockchain company. Yeah. Um, the CEO of Goldman Sachs is leaving Goldman. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe he just wants to kind of retire at the top, uh, but he might also be moving into crypto. Who knows? You know, he hasn't been against crypto. He's been kind of ambivalent on it. So like, there's a lot of the, the people that have the talent are moving out of the old financial space. Mm-hmm. A lot of them into the space. There's a lot of innovation going on. So I think we're going to see a lot of, both kinds of projects. Yeah. They're both going to multiply. There's going to be a lot of amazing projects that come out, and then there's going to be a lot of projects just trying to trick you. Yeah, so Ev, of the last 25, maybe 30 ICOs that you looked at, how many of those ICOs were so either illegitimate or not quality enough to make it on our calendar? Hmm. That's actually a really good question. I think... uh... I think if I'm doing 25 or 30, on average, maybe f- at least four to six are projects that just don't even, they don't even need to be on our website because it's not good for our brand to even allow those to be on the website. Now, some projects maybe aren't far enough along where maybe they don't have a white paper yet. Mm-hmm. So you need to sort of give them some time and maybe come back around. Where things get, really get tricky is, when projects have good technology and they and you can tell that they're working on the tech and they're focusing on the tech, but they're not into the marketing. So yeah. any investor who goes out there and wants to invest in an ICO, the first thing you do is look at their website. Then you check out their team, make sure they got their backlinks all correct. Then the you look at the paper. white paper, you take a deep dive into that. If If this is a team full of computer scientists who really don't have enough money in their bootleg in this on maybe their crypto gains from the last year or whatever, they might not have a marketing genius there to build them a nice looking website or something like that. So it's, it becomes tricky with, with us. And that's why we try to be as objective as possible. Yep. And we always say, it's not up to me to decide whether a project's good or not. The market will decide. And so that's why we try to be as comprehensive as possible, but we do do some things where, uh, we Google, we reverse image search uh, the team pictures. So 
if they've got a team full of models and they stole their images <laughs> from yeah. Abercrombie and Fitch and their white paper is 100%, you know, plagiarized or whatever, then mm. we'll, we'll definitely flag it that is, and keep it, it off. It's so funny. I actually, so uh, one of the SEOs I vetted today um, and it, it was hilarious. So I, I go to the team uh, page and they have three different positions, but they're, it's the same guy, just in a different pose and different, like, <laughs> and different clothes. Like, exact same guy. I'm like, come no on, way. guys. Like, are you serious? Like, this guy is the CEO. He's also the lead developer. He's also the CMO. Like, what is going I can see it's the same. Unless there are three, like, three, hey, like, man, yeah, triplets. triplets. Yeah. And, and mm. I, I was, I was just like, I had to show it around the office because we had a good laugh. Go ahead, Pete. Well, I mean, maybe you saw this one. I found NASO coin. It's, it's N-A-S-O. Mm. And, uh, there's a tweet from NASO coin and I, or maybe it's, I can't tell actually what platform it's on. Um, but it's, I took the screenshot. He says it's, it's called admin. That's his account name. Why is it called NASO and not NASA? If you notice their logo, they're obviously trying to imply oh that they're with NASA. God. Well, he says, our department doesn't allow us to name it NASA before the ICO is over. After the ICO, we'll change it to NASA coin. Of course. <laughs> and so there's this picture of this guy, the admin. And so I did a little bit of uh, de detective work. Turns out he's an actor on the show Vikings. Nice. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> put him up as the admin, said NASA coin. I don't know how NASA coin's doing right now, but I hope it's doing really poorly. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so we uh come across quite a bit of projects that uh, give us a good laugh and and uh we just kind of see what's going on uh with with new projects that try to you know come to us and uh you know ask us to be listed when we totally know that they're yeah. up to no good you know yeah and overall a lot of the scams are obvious to mm -hmm. someone yeah. who's been in the space long enough to do a minimal amount of vetting but kind of to q's point uh where we're looking at these projects and are they getting more scammy is the is the bargaining set higher that's another danger too yeah. is i just talked about how there's companies that have really good core tech uh, and bad marketing there's also companies that have really good marketing and no core tech gotcha. or nothing. It's just vaporware. And they're, and they're really stepping so, up their game. And that's and they are stepping mm. up their game lately. So you got to be very careful of things like that. And which is why I think the Howie coin thing just was such a miss because the marketing was so bad and it was so blatantly obvious. Where if they would have actually taken their time and made it a legit ass <laughs> coin. Where I'm like, wow, this is good. This is a cool concept. It's an original concept. It's something like... That I, if it was a real thing, I would invest. That would make me think twice. Like, okay, this I actually see, makes sense. I see your point now. Right? So if you put a hundred grand into a website and you've got a sick video, and I mean, there's a lot of these coins out there that have that, but they have no proof of concept, no MVP. You got to be very careful of those things as an investor, and that's where the real danger therein lies is projects like that. So you're saying if they went the whole way, that they went kind of the SEC went 10% of the way there. They kind of just threw it up and it didn't really scare anybody. Whereas if they went 100% of the way and people were like holy shit, Howie coin. And yeah. then it's You know what would have been crazy if they would have done it? They should have just did an ICO mm. <laughs> and then gave everybody their money back sure and like then a... been like, "Hey, by the way, this is the SEC. Yeah. Be fucking careful what you're doing." <laughs> <laughs> That would have been real legit. Mic drop. <laughs>
We have Warren Buffett on there. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, we have that on a running repeat uh, in yeah. our office. We the, have a soundboard. What, uh, Carlos Matos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, a huge announcement, and I don't want to miss it. Uh, it's probably it's one of the biggest announcements we've, we've got in the recent past. And not an ICO alert announcement, but uh, Coinbase announcement. Uh, Coinbase GDAX is no more. I mean, don't don't go. Uh, it's, it's not hacked. Whoa, 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 it's not hacked. Whoa. Don't go there, you know, and panic because you send money there. Um, but as of June 29th, GDAX will be down, and it's it's turning into Coinbase Pro, uh, which is to build out this institutional suite of of things that Coinbase has been working on. You know, they've been working on custody and uh, index fund and stuff. So now it's going to be Coinbase Pro. And Coinbase also acquired Paradex, a decentralized exchange wow. where people can use their ledgers or hardware wallets even, you know, and, and trade any ERC-20 tokens to each other. And they plan to roll out apparently hundreds of tokens. And maybe the, the source is wrong and they're going to, you know, restrict it. But uh, apparently they're going to roll out hundreds of tokens to international clients first on Paradex. And then they intend to do the same for the U.S., which we've seen Coinbase say we're ready for ERC-20. We haven't known what assets, you know, hilariously today's announcement is not that they're adding Ripple to Coinbase. Um, we're going to see ERC-20 tokens, maybe lots of them trading on Coinbase really soon on a decentralized exchange framework, as far as we can tell. You're making, I think you're making me happy right that's now. That's big news. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's that's huge news. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So buy Coinbase. This actually brings up something that I was thinking about the other day. Is there any other website out there besides Coinbase where if you hold crypto and you want to convert it into cash, you could do so? Because I know Coinbase, they keep track of taxation and all that stuff. So say you're out there and you're trying to not not that uh, I'm not that I'm advocating getting around taxes yeah, yeah, or anything yeah. like that, but is there like oh, a really? decentralized version of something where you can go and kind of you Link know. your bank account. I see. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. I mean, how is there anything? Is there any other alternatives Gemini's out there that you know? I'm sure Pete probably knows of twelve. <laughs> well, in the U.S., you've got Gemini. Um, there might be a couple of others. Obviously, you could go sell your bitcoins on local bitcoins to somebody from from around here. You go to a Bitcoin ATM, but um, Binance is moving to Malta, and apparently, they're going to start working with fiat. Um, there are other exchanges that might not work with U.S. customers, but you can do that. But definitely, look, I mean, looking at Gemini. Yeah, Gemini's uh, one of them. Yeah. Gemini's the Winklevoss twins, correct? Yeah. yeah. They're founders of that. Okay. Very cool. Well, uh, we're kind of winding down here. Uh, did you guys have any last thoughts on uh, any ICO topics? I know we. one thing I wanted to go over was the tweet that we put out, uh, which is what has been the most exciting ICO of 2018 so far. And I just want to say that if you get your bots to tweet out on uh, Twitter to any tweet that we post, it looks sketchy as hell. Yeah, and we're not uh, going to mention you ever. No, yeah. So, matter of fact, we're going to report you. Yeah. So I was really excited. I saw 150 comments on this post Are that we serious? had. Well, now it's up to 249, uh, and it's what's what's been well, the most exciting ICO of 2018 so far. I see 150 comments. I'm like, oh my god, this is the community. It's going to be great. And I go in there, and it's just a bunch of dokademic uh, uh, bots. Names. So know that if you're sending bots to our uh, Twitter it or on sketchy. our post, it it sounds it, it's more sketchy than if you just said nothing at all. 
this is and i mentioned this to you the other day if you have a uh something you're trying to promote on twitter instead of having 50 bots all say dokademic can't wait for it to come out or this xyz token can't wait for this to buy this this is such a good project look at this team if i see that in a row i know it's a scam or i know it's bots it's Mm, not a scam sorry but i know it's bots if you would just have one or two people give up good content answer yeah. like the positive and the negative even if you had someone kind of give a negative or like a like a warning and just say hey this is kind of you know what about this issue what about these hurdles they have to overcome that would actually make me think that it's more legit and i would actually look into it more because i'm seeing opposite sides i'm seeing a good conversation around whatever the ico is i think i think he was going to bring something <laughs> up uh, we just pulled up the website and it, it Oh man, I'm speechless. So go yeah, ahead. No, you got it. Go no, ahead. I, I mean, who, who's this guy? John, John who? John McAfee is yeah. on the front page of their website. Yeah. He's on the front page of their website. Yes. Yeah. So that now you have two instances. That's two strikes. So I'm sure I could go down in their website and find the third strike. But the fact that they have bots on our our Twitter and have John McAfee. Uh, right on the top of their website is a complete red flag. So uh, just know, please. Oh, oh, and bots that are also tweeting the giveaways, please stop. Yeah, that's, please stop. That's ridiculous. It, and that's part of a larger overall trend in Twitter that's really starting to kill crypto Twitter, hashtag crypto Twitter. Anybody that posts anything now, there's a bot that is trying yeah. to uh what is the word i'm looking for trying to be them Spam yeah trying to, yeah trying to uh impersonate them mm-hmm. and then trying to steal and it's it's so old it's such a tired tactic how are you still it's all broken english it's all <laughs> it's, it's bad are people still making money from these scams i, I you know honestly i haven't made much <laughs> it's kind of winding down you know so <laughs> uh, but yeah no overall i think the market will take care of that it's just like any other new industry that comes out um overall like these things will come up and these bad players will take advantage of it and um overall the market will move in the right direction and and right you know will will uh well and jack dorsey the ceo founder of twitter he is a proponent of cryptocurrency. So if he really cares about this space, I think they'll do something to try and take care of this ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we have 50,000 followers and we're not verified. Ver- verification is the whole purpose of verification is to stop people from doing impersonations mm. and putting yeah. words in other people's mouths. Mm. So when we post something and there's an impersonator that's immediately following it up with our picture, with yeah. our type of language saying, hey, we're giving away free ETH or whatever it is. The verification is made for that. So why, if Jack Dorsey is going to be a proponent of cryptocurrency of Bitcoin, why wouldn't he, or you know, try to move the company in a direction where they can kind of protect investors in the space? I think he's moving uh, towards you know uh, allowing that verification for um, for for people or organizations don't have don't fit the criteria of a bar that let's say is set right now or or whatever. This, uh, the restriction is so i i think uh, uh, i've heard about them um they're trying to open it up to basically yeah, everyone exactly right so now the bots can get verified yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i just got the uh the tick tick notice that uh we're winding down here so uh it was a great uh round table i think this might be the first time that all four of us got together 
Uh, we'll look to definitely make it more of an occurrence going forward. So if you guys want to leave comments, uh, you can tweet us on uh, the post that we make about this uh, roundtable, or you can comment on the YouTube video, or you can uh, send a comment to team at icoalert.com. Uh, because we get forward to those a lot. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so if you guys yeah. want to send us comments, if you want to tweet at us, please do. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next time. So, peace out. ICO Alert maintains the only trusted comprehensive list of pre-ICOs and initial coin offerings. This Pittsburgh-based startup has grown to serve over 1 million users in less than a year. But how did it get started? Well, at first, the company was just an online tool for two brothers, Mike and Rob Finch, to keep a calendar of their favorite ICOs. After just a few months, the team has grown to over 14 team members and produced hundreds of ICO reports. These in-depth reports feature exclusive interviews and offer insight into past, active, and future ICOs. Head on over to ICOalert.com, meet the team, and use their game-changing My Portfolio function. Track your favorite blockchain projects. Become your own venture capitalist. Only at ICOalert.com.